And that's really when it comes to uh, just the layers of trauma. Cause most of the time people are trying to prove to that 14 year old girl or 16 year old girl that they're worthy, that they're loved, that they're cared for. And then they could be 45 trying to prove that 15 year old girl inside themselves. And that's why I think addressing the things of our heart, why do I turn to food? Why is my body this important to me? Is it because I feel like it's the only thing I can control? Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and the forthcoming book The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at comparedtowho.me and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, welcome to the Compared to Who podcast. I am so glad that you are listening. I'm Heather Creekmore, and today I have a very special guest. Her name is Jessica Hoddle, and she has a passion for helping women get emotionally and physically healthy while keeping God at the center. Love that, right? She inspires and encourages thousands by sharing her own personal struggles, victories, and journey through life. Jessica is a successful online entrepreneur, a speaker, a podcaster for What's the Truth, and author of two books, Know Your Worth and A Worthy wife. Own Your Worth is also available. Her passions are being a wife to her husband, John, being a mom to their three cats, and spending her free time outside whenever she can. Jessica has a heart that runs hard after Jesus, and she credits everything she's done to her Savior. Jessica Hoddle, thank you for being on the Compared to Who show today. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. Well, hey, we just met kind of via the interwebs, I guess, yeah, <laughs> recently. Yeah. So I would love to hear more of your story. And I know my listeners and viewers would too. So will you just share your story with us? Yeah. I really became passionate about this idea of emotional and physical health because of my own journey, you know, making sure that I keep God at the center. And it, for most of us, whether it's good or bad, of our childhood, you know, we can still have beliefs, whether we were loved and cared for, or whether we were not. And the most important thing that we understand is that our beliefs then become formed around God's beliefs and what God's mm -hmm. truths are. And so for me personally, growing up in a home that was very unstable, very unhealthy, and I just saw love displayed with anger and hatred and abuse, both physically and emotionally between both mm -hmm. parents. And with my brother and I, I carried a lot of that into high school, into, you know, adulthood and way into my twenties of just this anger and resentment and thinking that the world owed me for my pain <laughs> and why I had to experience those things and just resentment towards my parents. And I was making choices in my life based on things that were said about me. And then my spiritual father kind of came into the picture and he just started speaking truth into me. And that's really when my healing journey began. 
uncovering these layers of years, you know, I basically came out of my mother's womb in trauma Mm -hmm. and for years, just in constant fight or flight mode where survival. And we don't realize that because we're alive and we're doing things. And, but really it's that constant need to, I got to take care of myself or nobody else will, Mm -hmm. which is such a, of course, a, a false lie. You know, we're not the owners of what we have. We're stewards of what we have, but I was my provider. And if I wasn't going to provide for me, who was, who was, and it led me to the hustle culture. It led me to striving and then starting my fitness business at the age of 22 and kind of homeless in between there after my parents got a divorce and living with my cousin and just all over the place buying my house. It was just the idea of, you know, I put my body into my fitness. It was all about who I was, how I looked. It was everything to me. And then of course it went to men and then it went into my business and coming on this other side of healing, of being able to then have compassion towards others for their pain Mm -hmm. and how we respond and react. You know, if somebody acts out of anger, sometimes it's out of protection. So, you know, don't get too close to me. And so this has really become something that I'm passionate about because I've walked through it for many years. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's, let's back up a little bit. Okay. So not a great home situation. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I know that is really hard. And then what, what kind of happened in there, like inside you, you, you're wearing all this trauma, like you said, trauma from, from coming out of the womb. And yeah. so what, it, what did that manifest in, in terms of, was it disordered eating or just body image obsession or what kind of things did that look like in your life? My brother went more the drug route. So that was kind of his escape. My escape was this control. So what could I control? I remember even being in high school where, do you remember the hundred calorie packs when they were like really popular? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Sure. (laughs) You know, I think that's really when it started for me because I was, had my first job at 16 and I just grew up really fast. I was buying my own shampoo and conditioner and my own lunches in high school. And I just became kind of obsessed without knowing. And that's mm-hmm. my 2020 hindsight now of mm-hmm. looking back these characteristics of I'm going to start controlling when I eat. I'm going to make sure that I have this body. I was always in sports. Uh, the fear of gaining weight, because a lot of people in um, my life and family had said, you know, you just wait until you get childbearing hips and you get older. Mm-hmm. And these lies that were spoken over me in a sense and this fear, but also people were overweight in my family. And that just caused this fear in me. And I just started to grip onto what I look like. And then of course, when I started my fitness business, I kind of had um, this idea even before I started it fitness is going to be the thing that changes in quotation my life. And Mm -hmm. so that's where I went into started with the food slowly, right? It's always those slow things Mm -hmm. that we don't even realize. Absolutely. And then it really went into full steam of my body was never, it never looked good enough, Mm -hmm. no matter how strong it was or how much I could lift. And I started to under eat, not intentionally though, but it was again, stemming from a place um, really the subconscious level, I was unconsciously under eating hmm. so that I didn't gain the weight. Hmm. And so, so God's done a tremendous healing work in your life. And that's evident. Did God use counseling or therapy or just kind of 
people around you? How, how did God, how did God start that work in your life? It, it started with my spiritual father. I, I kind of had people in my life that were speaking truth, but they didn't have permission. Meaning I didn't allow them to have permission because okay. most of the people in my life I was taught, didn't love me, didn't care about me. They weren't for me. Mm -hmm. And so therefore I didn't have family that was just there. And mm -hmm. I didn't really allow them to, cause I was, was always taught that they were bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then my spiritual father comes in the picture through a business mastermind that I was in. And he just starts speaking this truth about who I was, my possibilities, what God says about me. And it, then from there, it kind of came in these layers. Once I started to experience weight, quote unquote, lifted off of me emotionally, that is when I started to kind of propel forward into this arena. And it started to like compound yeah. over time. And these layers just started to come off. Then I met my husband. We met on eHarmony and oh, I got married. We, we did too. My husband, oh, and I met on eHarmony too. Yep. <laughs> so fun. I love it. And I met my husband and it was almost like, and knowing this now of the idea of how our brains work and fight or flight is your body will just survive for as long as it needs to. And then when it starts to feel safe and secure, then it will say, okay, now we know that you're not in immediate, immediate danger or anything like that. Now we can take care of the rest of the stuff that we've been ignoring. Mm. And I believe now coming through a two year healing journey of pancreas and passing out on an airplane and like all these things, every symptom, bloating, constipation, low blood pressure, all of this kind of happened shortly after I'd gotten married and, and experienced all this kind of emotional healing to a place now in the marriage where I was like, I could rest because I knew I didn't have to survive anymore, you mm -hmm. know, in a sense and being surrounded by somebody that was that protection that mm -hmm. I never experienced. Yeah. It was this layer of overeating for a year or under eating for years, over exercising for years, the stress of work, everyday life, what I forced myself to do. And then now coming into this place of, I don't have to be in fight or flight 24 seven. Hey there, how much is freedom worth to you? That's kind of an odd question, right? When I was in the midst of my struggle with disordered eating and body image, I would have paid anything I had to be free. Truth is, I spent a lot of my budget on things I thought could help me be free, like new diets, exercise gizmos, clothing, but none of those things really helped. I'm so grateful that God showed me the way out. And now I'm passionate about helping others find their way out too. I want them to know that Jesus already paid it all. They don't have to spend another cent to find the freedom they really desire. But truth is, it does cost me something to get this message out, compared to who can't spread the message of Jesus' offer of freedom without the help of women like you. Would you consider making a contribution? Check out Compared to Who's Patreon page at patreon.com slash compared to who. Then prayerfully consider giving $1 or $5 a month, whatever you can to help. Any amount you'd be willing to donate would be a huge blessing and will go directly towards covering the operating expenses of this ministry. Thank you for being a part of seeing other women set free from the chains of body image and comparison. May God bless your generosity. Part of your theory from what I've gathered, just knowing you for the last uh, couple days, <laughs> virtually, yeah. is to really, you're, you want to help women with their body image struggles and, and physical health, all those things. But first, you believe they need to get what's going on, on the inside, this trauma, mm. this pain healed. Am I on yeah. track with that? 
Yeah, I think it really comes down to though that that root of where our identity is and who we believe God to be. And it all for me, it has to be viewed from the lens of the father. Mm-hmm. Because I was taking supplements, I was doing all the things, but I didn't believe that God wanted me well. Mm. And you know, I was taught he's just doing this, he's teaching you a lesson with all this sickness mm-hmm. in your life. And I was searching for this lesson and which only led me to more sickness. And until I switched this, this view of who I thought the father was, it didn't matter the supplements because Mm -hmm. my brain was thinking one way opposed to the word and it just caused friction. Mm -hmm. And so people always, how can I change my eating? How can I change, you know, my body? How can I do all these perfect workouts? And I tell them you can do all the perfect workouts, eat all the right food. But if you don't change your perspective Mm -hmm. around food, working out in your body, then it's really going to be hard to maintain something long-term. You might get short-term gain, right? Of eating less or whatever it is, but long-term gain is the focus. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And I mean, I know personally, you can only abuse your body for so long. You may be able to get it, you know, get away with it through your twenties into your thirties, but at some point (laughs) it will catch up. And what I've seen, so I personally have Hashimoto's and I have a thyroid disease and, um, and a lot of physical adrenal issues, a lot of physical issues that have come out of what I believe is probably 20, 25 years of under eating, over exercising, just really abusing my body during my body image struggle because the most important thing was that I looked better. (laughs) And, and it's like, and now that's catching up with me. And when I go speak places, I talk to lots of women and they're like, that's so strange. Like I have the same thing. I have Hashimoto's too. I have thyroid issues too. And so what I've kind of started tracking, like I wish, Mm -hmm. I wish I had the capacity to do like a scientific study. (laughs) In fact, I reached out to a thyroid doctor who does a lot of social media stuff. And I said, Hey, have you ever done any studies on this? Because I know that overly restricting your calories hurts your thyroid every single time you do it. And so it's just, it's fascinating for me to see how many women are struggling with the same things I am who have the same story I do. And to your point, it's like you... (laughs) You can't be cruel to your body <laughs> forever without without it having consequences. But then I, I love what you're saying too about you know just just really being willing to see God as a good father who who really really does love you. I, I had a guest on the other day, and and I think she asked the question like, "Can you believe you're loved?" And at first, it kind of yeah. sounded so innocent. I was like, "Well, yeah, of course, everyone knows the answer to that." But if you really like pause and think about that that's hard. That's hard for a lot of women to really believe that they can be loved no matter what they weigh, no matter what they look like. So, Mm -hmm. so that's all really good stuff, Jessica. Well, so let's talk a little bit more about pain, you know, because I I feel like, so I, I, you know, I spend a lot of time talking about body image issues through, you know, through everything. (laughs) Um, But I don't think you, you said you were willing to talk about pain and I don't think that's a topic that I've gone to yet. Uh, My friend, Erin Carey, who's an integrative nutrition coach, like she talks about if you don't heal that inner trauma, you're kind of wasting your time with trying to heal everything else, like start there. But what do, what are you saying about pain? What have you learned? What what are you teaching on the topic of pain? Yeah, I mean, even when we think about scripture, just even the the one scripture where it says, "Where envy and strife is, there is ever evil work." Hmm. And if we take even one scripture like that, so if you have strife in your home, if you have envy um, within your community, 
every evil work is at work. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> and, evil, yeah. and there's scripture like that all throughout. We can't deny that what the flesh produces. We talk, he shows us in Galatians that when you partner with the flesh, this is what we reap. Mm-hmm. We reap jealousy, corruption, envy, self-ambition, all of those things. And the only way that we really overcome this is if we walk in the spirit to deny the flesh. And a lot of us, a lot of people teach, and it was just this revelation of deny your flesh, deny your flesh, you know, deny this, whatever it is, deny your temptation and your, all your things. But really when you walk in the spirit, you deny the flesh. Therefore you don't have to deny the flesh to experience the spirit. Mm. It's a subtle change, but a complete difference. Mm. So therefore when we can kind of look at pain for, for example, for me, when I think about working with the women that I do, when they tell me that they're emotional eater, or that's kind of their outlet, I often think about what causes to be your outlet. Cause we all have an outlet, what pain or what thing have you experienced? And it doesn't even have to be like, I always like to say, even if you didn't grow up in a childhood that was abusive throughout life, we all carry these moments that are small T traumas, Mm -hmm. witnessing a car accident, having somebody um, go through something that's really tough. Like all of these are traumas that then form beliefs Mm -hmm. that kind of guide us if we're not careful. Yeah, that's really good. So experiencing pain in my own life and walking through that, I realized that when I had all of this anger and basically just walking in my emotions of the flesh, I was only reaping more of that. Mm -hmm. And that's really when it comes to uh, just the layers of trauma. Cause most of the time people are trying to prove to that 14 year old girl or 16 year old girl that they're worthy, that they're loved, Mm -hmm. that they're cared for. And then they could be 45 trying to prove that 15 year old girl inside themselves. And that's why I think addressing the things of our heart, why do I turn to food? Why is my body this important to me? Is it because I feel like it's the only thing I can control? Is it my outlets because, you know, all of these people have said these things about me. So food just makes me feel comfortable and it makes me feel the comfort I never had, or just trying to prove myself to my family that I am smart enough because everybody else graduated from college with, you know, all these merits, but I didn't. So I need to prove myself and I'm going to do that by over exercising and having this perfect Mm -hmm. body. You can see how our beliefs, if they're not rooted in love, which scripture tells us to be rooted and grounded in love, how easy it is for us to get carried away in our own flesh and then wonder why we often feel defeated Mm. within our bodies. Yeah, that's really good. That made me think of a couple things. First of all, her pastor's wife always does, she calls it the I hope she hasn't copyrighted this. <laughs> Cindy, I'm sorry. I'm using your material, but, but it's really good. But she always talks about how she does this little dance of walking in the spirit versus walking in the flesh and how, you know, you can wake up in the morning and determine, you know, like, okay, thank you God for this day. I'm going to walk in the spirit today. And then, you know, your kid does something to aggravate your husband does something to aggravate you. And like, boom, you turn, you're like, yeah, you turn into the monster and you're like, Oh, that was a really fleshly response. And you have a decision point every time that happens. You can be like, okay, I just respond in the flesh. I'm just going to keep going blah all day long. Mm -hmm. Or you can stop 
and you can repent and you can turn and you can go back to walking in the spirit. And it's something that I actually do myself personally, but also like for any moms out there listening, like I take my kids through this. Like if they wake up and they're having just a blah day, we do do overs. It's like, okay, (laughs) you know, that this is not, we don't have to keep going this way the rest of the day. You can go upstairs, you know, God gives us grace. We repent, we accept his forgiveness and we change. We go back and we, we try again and we do it in a new way. And so um, I feel like that's all really good. If you're trying to walk, it, well, really thinking about like the, the denying yourself, if you're trying to deny your, yourself, but you're denying yourself physically and not really denying your flesh, not really dealing with the spiritual side of this. Like what, what are you accomplishing? So that, that's really good. Uh, I appreciate all of that. One thing that you had mentioned is believing a lie from the truth. Like how do you separate the lies from the truth? How do you sort all that out? Because we're all hearing lies all the time. I'd, I'd love to get your perspective on that. Hmm. It's something that I have really become passionate about in a sense because I've, when you learn about how powerful your thoughts are, and scripture tells us that in the power of our words, our tongue, and it can bring cursing or blessing and, and the thoughts that we think he's always telling us to think on higher ways, what is true, what is right. And there's three parts in you know, the New Testament where he tells us to renew our minds, the inner working, you know, every day our inner man is being renewed and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so this process is obviously important that there is transformation to be had because what is not renewed becomes conformed to the world Mm. or transformed by the world. And everything in scripture is pretty much different than the world because the world says, you know, when evil comes against you, you better repay them. And scripture tells us, bless those who curse you. Mm. Okay. (laughs) You know, so it's the complete opposite. Then when we start digging into our thoughts and, and I think going back to what you just said, it's that awareness and this takes time and it takes practice. It takes practice, especially just saying, okay, I'm going to take responsibility for my own actions versus blaming them on somebody else. I think that's the biggest first piece is I have responsibility for my own thoughts, for my own choices, for my own emotions. I don't have to carry anybody else's emotion in a sense. I can still take responsibility. Therefore, when I'm thinking about a thought, if a thought is a seed, it can only reproduce after its own kind. So a lie will lead to destruction Mm -hmm. and truth will always lead to restoration. So is the thought that you're thinking leading to some kind of restoration, whether it's to healing a relationship involving forgiveness, you know, going to them, talking to your brother about it, whatever that looks like, those thoughts will create an image. You know, when it talks about, we do not war in the flesh, right? But Mm -hmm. the powers that we have are mighty for pulling down the strongholds and imaginations. And how easy is it for us to start imagining? So when you start imagining, are you imagining the worst case scenario, which leads to destruction? Or are you thinking about things that will breed life, peace, that breed hope? Let's just Mm -hmm. think about that. Just that hope, that confident expectation of what God has said that he will do. And so that's really the easiest way is a lie always being, brings about destruction of some kind, whatever, whatever that looks like. And a truth will always bring restoration, which leads to healing. Yeah, that's really good. And that's, that's one thing when I do my coaching is it, it's 
really the starting place is just listening because there are so many of those lies that just keep coming and maybe they've been coming for, you know, decades or <laughs> where it just, they're, they're like familiar friends, right? And there's so many of those lies that a lot of women aren't even understanding that those are lies, that they're separate <laughs> from, from them and that they can listen and take action and reject those lies. So yeah, that's, that's really good. That's, that's where we start is just listening. It doesn't happen overnight though, does it? No, no. So tell, tell me a little bit about your, your journey, how, how that's looked for you. image been bogging you down for too long, it's time to get free. My friend, go to comparejahoo.me, take your free body image awareness quiz. You will learn amazing things. You'll get your results right away. And I think you'll have fun too, because I mean, who doesn't love to take quizzes? Go to comparejahoo.me. There's lots of great resources on that site, articles about body image and comparison and how you can find freedom through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Check it out today. Right after this episode, of course. I think as we mature in the Lord, that is really when the layers come. And that comes with knowing more of his word or just being willing to open his word when it feels overwhelming, when you don't feel like it, when you feel like it, asking for help if you don't understand it, getting you know commentary or reading different versions to help. But it really, for me, has come over time in a sense of what am I willing, what am I willing to deal with? And it sounds so simple, but most of us are going so fast in our day that every thought we think we think is true because we haven't challenged it. I always like to say, I want to challenge the way you think because it changes the way you live. So if we start to challenge the thoughts that we think, it will change the way that we live. And I always talk about forgiveness because it's such a big one. We often think that forgiveness means we forgive everything, like we forget everything. You know, forgiveness doesn't mean restoration. Restoration takes two people. Forgiveness is that act of obedience toward the Lord of what he has done for us on the cross. We don't get to be the judge next to Jesus. Yeah. We all have sinned and fallen short. And so the healing really comes in these layers of, where you're willing to go. Mm -hmm. And every layer for me has, okay, show me Lord. <laughs> Cause mm -hmm. I hate feeling that I hate yeah. when jealousy comes. Cause it just like, you feel the heat in your body and you start to get that greed, which is sin. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's just the reality. I'm not saying I'm perfect. It's just, I'm always a work in progress too, but he's always guiding us to wholeness. We see the original intended design of who we are in Jesus. And if we're made in his image, therefore how you view him will also affect how you view yourself because you're made in his image. How you see him will be how you see you. And therefore this healing process is one takes time mm -hmm. Two, it's that willingness to ask the tough questions to get help, to just say, okay, I want to understand, to go to people, apologize or ask for forgiveness or forgive whether you can you, for the restoration or not. That's not the point, but 
it's walking through these layers over time and the willingness to have boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you love Jesus does not mean that everybody needs to be in your inner circle with everything and knowing everything. And you don't have to tire. I almost said kill yourself. I don't want to use that word, but it's like, we do this because we think as Christians, we have to just extend ourselves to the point of exhaustion. Yeah. And so it's okay to understand Jesus had boundaries. He went yeah. away. He had Absolutely. his circle, which him and God, and then another circle was his top three, right? And then the outer circle was the rest of the disciples. We can see that in, in, in Jesus's own life. And so it's important yeah. that there's layers to us or circles of inner connections that people have to us and the willingness to say, I need help to work through this. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I, so my husband and I went through counseling for a long time and that really helped with a lot mm-hmm. of my, my body image issues and a lot of my other issues as well. But I'll never forget the counselor telling us that it's a story. It's from the new Testament. I want to say it's in Matthew. I really, I need to figure it out, but there's a time when Jesus's brothers, it's early on in Jesus's ministry, but his brothers mm-hmm. decide he's crazy and they decide they're going to kill him. And he leaves that town immediately. And I remember the counselor, I don't really remember exactly what the context was, but I think it was, you know, some relational friction or something I was feeling. And he was like, you do not have to stay there and be a part of that. Like when Jesus realized his brothers hated him and were going to kill him, he left town. Like go ahead and go ahead and move along. So that was spring. And then the other thing, just in terms of it being a process is I like to think about it like an onion, right? And it's like, sure. you can peel that first layer of onion off. You're like, Oh, that felt good. Like I, I'm really working through some things. And it's like, Oh shoot there's another layer. And, and I know for, for myself personally, sometimes it would be years between layers where we, I get, you know, three or four layers in and be like, I'm, I'm doing great. Like, wow. And then all of a sudden, you know, six months later, Oh, ouch. Like, where did that come from? Like, why am I struggling with that again? And it was time for me personally to go back into counseling and okay, let's, let's deal with this because this, this is deeper than I thought it was. And, and I didn't see it there, but obviously it's still there. So that's, that's, uh, that's all really good. I, I did, I did remember what I was thinking before when you were talking about casting down imaginations and blame and all that stuff. I actually had a chapter in my first book Mm. on blame. It was called the blame game and it didn't make it. (laughs) It's the final Mm. book. So it's like a secret chapter that no one's read. (laughs) But, but when I first wrote the book, I felt really strongly that that was important. Um, now, you know, through, through the editing process, it was decided that it wasn't as important, but, um, but you know, because there's, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of family behaviors, a lot of those mean words, a lot of, you know, maybe even just, you know, family members saying a little bit like your experience, but even I think more severely, you know, a mom on you to always lose weight or a dad always calling you fat or chubby or a brother always teasing you. Like there's all of these factors that can go into a woman's struggle with food and then eventually with body. And if you stay stuck at that place, if you stay stuck blaming them and it's their fault, not take the ownership, you stay stuck there. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's, that's really, really sound advice. Like you've got to take the ownership of that. So I I appreciate that, Jessica. I appreciate that. That's part of your message. Well, what piece of encouragement would you give to any woman listening today who just needs some, some hope 
really, maybe she feels weighed down. She knows that she's got trauma in her past. She knows she's got a journey to go on uh, in terms of healing. But what encouragement would you give, give to a woman in that spot today? What's coming to my heart is that I think the enemy really likes us to feel alone. Like nobody's going to understand. And this is crazy talk. And, and doctors might have even told you that you're crazy. Mm-hmm. And I've known a lot of women, even in my own healing journey, where you know doctors would deny blood work for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, this is blood work I need that I know I need. Mm-hmm. And but they didn't see it as fit. And you know, we're all messy people. And I've, I've made th- people in my life probably really upset and hurt people in my past. And I'm not sitting here like I'm the savior. I know that we leave these little breadcrumbs sometimes in people's lives, depending on our own day and pain. And, but most importantly, this idea that there's this kind father, mm. a kind father, what, no matter what your earthly father looked like, good, bad, whatever, that there's this kind father that's not looking at you through the lens of sin. Mm. He's looking at you through the lens of righteousness, of holiness, of being set apart. And so God wants to work in you and through you, but he can't do it without you. And that's the most important piece is when you pray, move in faith, move your body, despite what you see in your outwards, your outward physical shape or how you feel move in the direction of faith and what you've prayed for. Cause we, we read it all the time. Faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. And it's not about our works. It's about agreeing with what we've prayed. That's in alignment with God's promises and what his word says. I was going to end with this whole idea that since he's a kind father, he's not going to make you do something without your permission. He's Mm. not just going to throw all these hurts and pains in you and kind of unveil, I guess, in your eyes, you know, how, how that kind of visual he's going to take it curtain by curtain, according to what you're giving him permission to. That's why I say he's a kind father and he's not going to overstep, which is why I think we feel stuck because we're not taking responsibility to go to those places. Yeah, that's really good. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can listeners or viewers connect with you? I love hanging out on Instagram. You can pretty much find me anywhere at Jessica Hoddle. My website is Jessica Hoddle, but Instagram, uh, Jessica Hoddle. And you can also just come hang out with me on my podcast, What's the Truth? Sounds good. And I'll put all those links in the show notes. Well, Jessica, thanks for being on the show again today. And thank you for watching or listening. I hope something about today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey.
Hey, Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take, but I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the Team Us podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.